0: أعوذ أجمعين. This is a very, very uh, often misunderstood topic and extremely important topic. Now, before I get too deep into the definitions of um what what i term as unhealthy attachments uh the reason why i say unhealthy attachments is that in in psychology right now and in in a lot of the research they talk about attachments and so uh attachments aren't necessarily in the body of, of of research and and in the lexicon of psychology isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, but the way that I'm using it it is a negative thing and that's why I'm going to call them unhealthy attachments. Um, and then the, the 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 definitions of love, true love, um, you know we'll we'll use that terminology uh, for that. And before I get too much into that terminology, I want to talk a little bit uh, briefly, of course, because this is this is all a very accelerated um, course, I would say is briefly about the nature of the heart. So the heart in, in the Qur'an is referred to as qalb. And there are other words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses, um, like sadr, which is the chest, uh, which which is around the heart, fu'ad, um, so there are other words, but the, the, the heart itself is, is referred to as qalb and qalb actually comes from the root word in arabic that means to turn and the reason for that is that the heart by nature is something that turns it's something that can easily turn one way or the other this is why the prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam used to ask oh turner of that which turns which is the heart keep my heart firm on your deen or your way uh, and and we know that that we should never become um, complacent, even about our iman, because there's a there's a there's a um, a narration that tells us that a person can wake up in the morning as a believer and by the evening they're a disbeliever, and a person can um, you know be uh, you know wake up as a as a disbeliever and by the evening um, or, or rather the other way around go to sleep as a disbeliever, wake up as a believer um, or or vice versa that that this turning of, of the heart is something that can happen very rapidly where uh, one part of the day you're a believer, by the end of the day you're a disbeliever. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So the heart is is essential that we take care of it it's essential that we protect it now why is the heart so important the prophet ﷺ said in a in a longer hadith at the end of the hadith after talking about haram and halal and mutashabihat, which are the doubtful matters the prophet ﷺ goes on to say indeed in the body there's a lump of flesh and if that lump of flesh is set right, then the entire body will be set right. And if that lump of flesh is corrupted, then verily the entire body will be corrupted. And, and uh, ela, verily, it is the heart. So here we learn that you know, a lot of people believe or under, are, are under the impression that their mind is in control, right? Like, you know, there's this idea of like, you no, know, my mind controls my heart, right? but in fact if you look uh, spiritually and if you look in the text it is the heart that controls everything it is the heart that controls the body and it is the heart that controls the mind what does that mean it means that the type of heart that you have if you have a healthy heart if it is set right then the entire body becomes set right so if you if you're a person who has a healthy heart then the rest of your actions will follow as generally healthy. If, you have a per, if you're a person who has an unhealthy heart, either fasadat, if there's facade in that heart, if there's corruption in that heart, and we know that there are two types of unhealthy hearts that we're, that we're taught about. One is the heart that is, that is sick. It, it has sickness in it, but it has some life still in it, some health in it uh, still. And then at the other extreme, and the most extreme, is a dead heart. These are hearts that the that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la describes in the Qur'an um, are so hard that he, he compares them to rocks and then he says, um, and this is in Surah Al-Baqarah, قسود, or they're even more hard than rocks. Why? Because a rock can at least be split open, right? You know, it, it, it can crack, whereas these dead hearts that are so hardened they cannot even be opened at all. And so they're even harder, they're even more uh, you know dead than a than a stone, than a rock. And then we have the healthy heart. Now the healthy heart as the Prophet talks about here, um salahat, this is a heart that has been rectified, has been that there has been effort put in to take care of this heart. There has been effort put in to clean that heart, to purify that heart and then to protect that heart. These are, you know, and these are essential um, ingredients that are necessary for a heart to to remain, to become healthy and to remain healthy. A a healthy heart is referred to in the Quran as um, So um, the the healthy heart is referred to in the Quran as a sound heart. And this is um, in the Quran on the tongue of Ibrahim alayhi there's this beautiful extended du'a in which Ibrahim alayhi calls out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says, and do not disgrace me on the day when everyone is brought back. The day when nothing will benefit anyone of wealth Nothing of wealth or children, nothing is going to benefit them. Um, بنون, wealth and children, illa man salim, except for the one who returns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a heart that is salim, with a heart that is healthy, with a heart that is sound, with a heart that is, is alive and healthy. And so what do we learn from, from these various narrations? And this is of course a summary. What we learn is that number one, the heart is the master of the body. The heart controls the rest of the individual. The heart is, is, the, is the, um, the master or the, or the powerhouse. And it then affects the rest of that human being. And, and, and then we can go on as, as far as to say that the heart, if the heart is sick, then the rest of that human being will be sick, and then the rest of that human's actions will be sick, and then the 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 effect on society will be sickness. And so we 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 find that it's essential to work on the heart, because the heart is that part that controls the rest of the human being and then eventually obviously the society and the relationships, et cetera. We also learn that th- that the only thing that's gonna benefit us on the day of judgment is if we have a healthy heart. If we do not, everything else that we have collected and everything else that we've amassed, you know, as Allah says, um, that, that nothing will benefit them of wealth or children. These are the types of things, and especially in the society that, um, of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi these were, um symbols of power right if you had wealth and you had children these were these this is basically what was was a meant that that person was powerful and so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us here that none of that will benefit anyone the only thing that will matter is whether or not you return back to allah with a heart that's healthy with a heart that's sound now let me move in to what does that heart look like what is um what is qalbun salim and 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 how can we understand what what are the the characteristics of that type of heart well one way to understand qalbun salim is to understand it as a heart that does not have any competitor with allah within it a heart that does not have any competitor with allah within it now i say this because sometimes people get confused you know if you say for example um, You know nobody has my nobody is in my heart but allah if you say something like that um you know people can become very confused and they start to ask like well wait a minute does that mean i'm not allowed to love my children does that mean i'm not allowed to love my husband my parents and and i don't want there to be any confusion and so why the reason that i want to put it this way so that we understand it's not about love of other things it's not about loving our parents loving our children loving our spouse it's about is this love a competitor with the love of god does this love become a a a a rival with the love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within the heart and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about this in surah al-baqarah when he says that there are human beings there are people who take rivals with Allah and that means a rival with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now how is it that they're taking this rival with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala usually when we think about rival with Allah we think about shirk and when we think about shirk we typically think about a uh, like a stone statue an idol uh, a stone made of stone that we worship right but here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is clarifying that this and that this That these and dead, it's plural, these idols, these rivals with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are actually in love. Allah says that they love them as they should only love God. So there are people who take rivals with Allah, they love them as they should only love Allah or God. So the rivalry here, this competition within the heart is a competition of love and that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing here in this ayah um, and then he goes on to say that this is very important Allah is describing the believers as being those who their strongest, most intense love is for Allah this is absolutely the basis and foundation of everything we're going to talk about of every single thing we're going to talk about Here today and that is when we talk about love when we talk about false attachments or unhealthy attachments It has to be understood that the hub that the most intense love Has to be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and only when our most intense love is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will we have the capacity to love the creation in a healthy way this is probably the take-home message if there's anything that we take home from our time today it's this that only when we um only when we make allah our most um intense love only when our love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supersedes and 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 um it, you know it takes all o- it, it 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 overcomes and it is superior to any other love, only then will we have the capacity to love the creation in a healthy, beautiful way. And I'll talk about what it looks like when it is not healthy and how that actually becomes harmful, not only for the individual who harbors that, that, comp- that, that um, competing love, but it also becomes harmful to the object of love so you actually hurt the one that you love in an unhealthy way as well as yourself right when the foundation is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the greatest love in the heart is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala however uh, Qalbun salim is not only a heart that has um its greatest love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But again, we mentioned that Qalbun Salim is a heart that does not have any competitor with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a competitor can be in other things as well. We might say, I love Allah most. And, and it might be true. Maybe our greatest love is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beyond anything else. But we might fear something else as we should only fear Allah. We might um, put our dependence on something else As we should only put our dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We might put our hope in something else, as we should only put our hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is a much deeper and vast statement than only about the love. Now, I began with love because there's another principle um, that we can understand about love, and that is that whatever you love most becomes your master. Okay? So, if you wanna know um, what you are a slave to, and by the way, let's clarify, everyone is a slave to something. Everyone is a slave to something. Uh, the atheist is a slave, just as the agnostic, just as the, the, the Christian, the Jew, the Buddhist, uh, and the Hindu. Every individual is a slave to something. The only difference is that different people enslave themselves to different things, okay? And I'll talk about some of the things that we enslave ourselves to when talking about false attachments. But but generally, this principle is that whatever you love most becomes your master. So you become a slave to whatever it is that you love most. Now, um, when we look now at the concept of of having our greatest love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, our greatest hope in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, our greatest dependence on Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Let's take a look at what the false attachments look like, or what happens when we have these false attachments. So, I want you to think about the heart like a vessel. All right? So, like a like a cup, and um, it can hold. It it holds like a certain amount of stuff, right? And I want you to think about the heart as having various layers, all right? Now, I want to talk specifically right now about the core of the heart. Now, I want you to think about the core of the heart. Um, this is the lub. all right? The lub, which is the most innermost part of the qalb. Now, the lub, or the most innermost part of the qalb, that is what we will explain as the seat of worship whatever is in the innermost core of the heart is your ilah. and now i've just given another very important term you've heard this word before you probably say it many times a day in the shahada you say la ilaha illallah now when you're saying la ilaha illallah you're saying a very very profound statement and a lot of us don't actually understand the implications and the depth of this statement literally when you're saying la ilaha illallah you are saying there is nothing worthy of being an ilah except for allah that's what you've said you've said there is no ilah there is nothing um worthy of being an ilah except for god except for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now we have to talk about the meaning of ilah. What is an ilah? When we say there's nothing else that can be an ilah but God, what are we really saying? Ilah, <coughs> ilah is not only that thing you pray to. Ilah is also that which you put at the core of your heart. Ilah is what you put at the, at the core of your qalb therefore your money can be an ilah and for many people money is an ilah money is something that they put at the core of their hearts they love it more than any other thing they fear losing it more than any other thing they put their dependence on it more than any other thing they put their hope in it more than any other thing and that makes it an ilah it's actually as if they're worshiping their money, and that thing that you put at the core of your heart, as I mentioned, you become a slave to it. And so, such people who, who, who I describe as their greatest love is for money, their greatest hope is in money, their greatest dependence is in money, their greatest fear is of losing money, they become slaves to money. And that is the reason why you'll find that there are people out there who will do anything for money. That's because they've become slaves to it. Whatever will give them money, they'll do it. And it doesn't matter if it involves killing, it doesn't matter if it involves stealing, it doesn't matter if it involves going and occupying other countries, bombing and, and, and raping, that, that this is because it becomes a, a, a master for these people. It is in an, you become a slave to it. And that's because you've put it at the core of your heart. And you will find that when any, anytime someone puts an ilah in the core of their heart, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person will by definition, listen carefully, that person will by definition act unjustly. So anytime, I'm going to repeat that because it's very important. Anytime a person puts something at the core of their heart other than God, that person will by definition act unjustly. And that is because the heart becomes corrupted when it is filled at the core with other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now again, I'm speaking about the core because it doesn't mean that we cannot love other things. It means that the core, which is saved for worship, which is saved for your ilah, can only be for God. And if anything else is put there, it will cause destruction in that heart and it will cause oppression in the action of that individual. Now, I'll give you another example. A person who has power, at the core of their heart will act unjustly because they will do anything for power. A person who has another individual, another human being at the core of their heart will act unjustly. And let me give you an example of that. This is something that a lot of, especially us women, we are often not taught that there is a right and a wrong way to love people. A person can be at the core of your heart, and that person can be a competitor with Allah Subhanahu For example, and this is the first one I'm going to begin with because this becomes one of the greatest trials, especially for women, and that is our own children when a woman becomes a mother or a man becomes a father that child becomes one of the greatest tests for that human being and that is why if you look in the quran allah Subhanahu Wa Taala lists two things as being a great test or a fitna and that is wealth and children and we also find that that ibrahim alayhi salam, what was he tested in he was tested in his in his child in his son so we find that actually one of the greatest tests for a mother or a parent generally is their own child. And unfortunately we live in a society, and I'll say that this is very much emphasized in certain cultures uh, especially, is that as soon as you have a child, especially uh, women, when a woman has a child, all of a sudden there is the internal fitra, right? which already is extreme rahma, extreme mercy for that child. It's the greatest show of mercy we have uh, on this earth, right? That Allah subhanahu wa taala is the source of that mercy. But this is the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa taala describes in the hadith—that the mercy of a mother for her child. That Allah subhanahu wa taala is the source of that mercy, and Allah's mercy is greater than a mother for her child. But this is the the greatest, uh, a deepest form of of human mercy, right? And so that mercy already makes that that the, the test of our children. There, right? Because there's already that fitra, but then you add to that there's a there's a lot of cultural teachings as well, where there's this idea that um, as soon as you have a child, as soon as you become a mother, you are now nothing else, right? Or nothing else really matters uh, quite as much. That the rest of your identity kind of falls away because now you're a mother, and now we're almost taught to take our children and 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 and, and culturally it's typically take our son right if we have a son and and there's this there's this idea that we take our son and we put him at the center of our existence and then we start to revolve our life around that child right everything becomes about that boy typically it's typically with our with our sons and this is of course much more so in in, in some cultures more than others but we see this 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 very unhealthy attachment to our sons or our children generally and and that is something that causes a lot of problems now i mentioned that when you put something else at the core of your heart other than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala two things will happen one is that you damage your own heart and the second is that you actually cause harm to the object itself So you're actually doing two types of harm, harm to your own self, to your own heart, and then also harm to that other individual. Now, in this case, I want you to think about the heart as, as I said, it's a vessel. Now, imagine that you think of the heart like a gas tank, all right? So I use this example in my class where if you take your car to the gas station and now you decide, okay, I'm empty and so I need to fill up with gas, right? Some people call it petrol, whatever you wanna call it. The thing you put in your gas tank, right? So you go there and you realize that day that gas is super expensive. And so, you know, orange juice is on sale. So you decide, okay, I'm gonna take the orange juice and I'm gonna put that in my gas tank instead of, the, instead of the gas. Now what happens? Well, you've just put orange juice in a vessel that was only created to hold gasoline right this vessel this this creation right this is a creation this we you know a manufacturer made this car right so you've just taken this vessel that was manufactured to only hold gasoline and you've put orange juice in it now you tell me what happens to that car well that car is broken now you've destroyed the car and you've destroyed the gas tank this is exactly what happens to us when we put other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the gas tank of our hearts, when we put our children in the core of our hearts, when we put our money, when we put power, when we put image or status or what other people think, let me, let me talk a little bit about what that looks like when we worship other people's opinions what does that look like well when when i have in the core of my heart the most important thing to me is that i appear a certain way to other people that that the most important thing to me is how other people view me how other people view me and my family and my children and then i i'm essentially become obsessed with my image Right And now we have, of course, social media, which is a platform to to sort of to sort of like put that image on display, of course, the the photoshop version, right? like we have we have a photoshop version of our lives that we put out there. We have a photoshopped version, a filtered version of our marriage or of our children or of our lives, right? We want to 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 get a specific type of image across and and of course that image is that we're perfect our children are perfect our relationships are perfect our husband is our marriage is perfect our life is perfect right we're having lots and lots of fun we're very productive right now that we're on lockdown different you know that that we have certain images that we want to portray you know and there's this filtered version that we put out there. Why? Uh, oftentimes it's because we're very, very concerned about our image. We're very concerned about about what people think, about what people will say about us. This is so deep that sometimes a person will actually subject themselves, listen to this. Some people will actually subject themselves and their own children to abuse just so that other people won't say they got divorced. Listen to that carefully. That, that that we're so obsessed that we worship other people's opinions of us, that we worship what other people think so much that we are willing to stay even in an abusive relationship just so that people will not say, she got divorced or he got divorced or my daughter got divorced. And I have cases from all over the world of this type of thing, where even if a woman is abused, she will even go to her family and her own family will tell her, have sabr, sister, right? And and by the way, sabr does not mean allowing yourself to be abused. Sabr does not mean being passive. Sabr does not mean you slap me on this cheek, I turn my cheek so you can more easily slap me on this cheek. That's not the meaning of sabr. And we have for too long abused the concept of sabr to keep people victimized, to keep people down. That's not what Allah and his messenger have taught us. We are abusing the religion, and we're doing it to control people and to control the image that we want to portray to others. We need to stop doing that. But that happens when we worship the opinion of others, when we literally worship our image. I have to appear to be the perfect family. I have to be up here to be the perfect wife and the perfect mother. And and, and I even have to have the perfect skin, right? And if I don't, you have a filter, you know, to make it look perfect. You know, we, we live in a world of 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 photoshopping everything, right? You see images of people on magazines, that's not really what they look like because they're photoshopped. Everything is photoshopped. And unfortunately, we live in a very Instagram, you know, type of world where everything is about how you appear and you have to appear perfect. You have to be perfect and you have to look perfect. And you have to keep up this facade of being perfect. Now, the problem here is that you've made your, your focal point something other than Allah. You're, you're worshiping your image, you're worshiping the opinion of others. And when you do that, you are oppressing yourself and then you are oppressing others. And this is exactly what I I, I want us to understand, that when we put something else at the core of our heart, these are called unhealthy attachments. When we put something else at the core of our heart other than Allah, and we worship it, and we love it as we should only love Allah, sometimes this is fashion, you know what I mean? Like some of us, we, we, we might worship fashion. Like fashion says, okay, now it's in fashion to to dress like this so we hear and we obey then fashion tomorrow changes and says well actually we changed our mind now fashion is saying this that we have to wear this and then we just go along we hear and we obey it's like we're war, we're we're slaves to fashion and if it's something that is completely inappropriate or it's something that goes against the quran and the sunnah but we follow it because we're worshipping fashion again because we've made fashion at the at the core of our hearts and looking a certain way and and sometimes what we can do is that when we are so worried about how we appear um, it can become a competitor with the commands of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. and I'll give you a few examples when when money is at the core of the heart and then on the one hand you have this opportunity to get more money using riba or getting involved in riba or selling alcohol right? So now you have this opportunity to get more money, right? But it involves something that is forbidden. And then you have on this hand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, but it's forbidden, right? Um, maybe we love the image of having a really giant house so everyone can look at our house and say, wow, look at that. Or we want the brand new car that we can't afford, uh, but we want people to say, wow, you know, like that's that's a really nice, that's a sweet ride, you know? And we don't have the money for it but there's this but there's opportunity to to do it with riba so now we're faced with a choice right on the one hand allah subhanahu wa taala has spoken about riba in the quran in a way he has spoken about nothing else he he has said that the people who do not give up riba will be let them prepare for a war waged against them by god and his messenger that is Really strong terminology, and yet we so easily involve ourselves in riba. Why? Because we worship what people think, because we worship image, we worship status symbols, and that becomes even more important than the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, in essence, we start to see what is it really at the core of our hearts? Is it Allah? If it is Allah, then when Allah makes a command, we are told in the Quran, that the people who really have Allah there at the core of their hearts, when a command is made, we hear and we obey, right? But if we have something else there, we're not able to hear the command of Allah and we hear and we obey. And we see this in something else as well. And sometimes that happens with hijab is that we live in a society that's all about look a certain way. You know, look your best, um, appearances, 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 right? This Instagram culture where everything is about how you look, right? How you appear. And so we start to almost worship that. We start to make that our focal point, right? And now, when our appearance becomes our focal point, when it becomes our obsession, when it becomes one of the most important things to us, and then Allah comes and says, cover it up, it becomes a struggle. It becomes very difficult. And a lot of that has to do internally with what is at our core. What is most important to us? Is it being beautiful to society, or is it being beautiful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? right so we find that when we have something else at the core when we've put orange juice in the gas tank we are not able to as i said you know be just we are not able to to love allah and obey allah as we are commanded to love him and obey him we are not able to fear allah as we were told to fear him because something else is there and there isn't space for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his commandments. The other thing that happens is this, and this is something that leads me to the concept of of loving in the right way, and how when we don't love in the right way, when we have other things at our core, it shatters the heart. When you put orange juice in the gas tank, you are destroying that car, you are destroying that tank. Similarly, when we have put other things at our core, we shatter our own hearts. We break the human being. That is actually the reason at a core level why a human being breaks. Don't think that it's hardships that break a human being. Hardships don't break a human being. What breaks a human being is loving anything as you should only love Allah. Fearing anything as you should only fear Allah. Putting your hope and trust in anything as you should only put your hope and trust in Allah. Depending on anything as you should only depend on Allah. That is what breaks the human being. That is what breaks the heart of the human being. That's what breaks the psyche of the human being. It is not our hardships. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if Allah holds you up, if Allah is at your core, if a person has a healthy heart, Allah will enable that person to withstand the hardest of afflictions, that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala will hold that person up. And I have met individuals who have been through calamities and afflictions that would make your hair grow white, and yet they were able to get through it and not just survive it, but thrive inside of it, to be able to grow stronger in it, to be able to still live and live, you know, thriving. And that can only happen when Allah is at the core. And when Allah is at the core, that heart becomes like something amazing, right? That heart becomes so resilient that it can withstand the fire of life, the storms of life. You know, I use this analogy of the sequoias. This is like, these sequoias, this is a type of tree which is so resilient that it's almost like like fireproof like it it's resi- it's it's resistant to fire and i was just like amazed when i found out that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had created the sequoia like that right and i realized that the heart of the believer can be like a sequoia that the heart of the believer can actually be resistant to fire now that doesn't mean that we don't feel pain it doesn't mean we don't feel sadness in fact these are normal human emotions or things that that prophets felt right sadness we know that yaqub felt we know that the prophet had the year of sadness this is normal but i'm not talking about normal emotion i'm talking about being broken i'm saying that no that 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 the heart that is healthy A heart that has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supreme inside of it will be able to withstand the most harshest of fires, the most harshest of storms in this life because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that person's strength. Allah holds that person up. And if Allah holds someone up, then that person can never fall. That person will not, and when I say can never fall, and I, I wanna again clarify, it doesn't mean that person doesn't falter. It doesn't mean that person becomes perfect. It doesn't mean that person will not commit sins. That's not what I mean. I mean that person will not be destroyed. That person may fall and that person may cry and that person will go through pain and that person will go through fear perhaps, but that person will not become broken and destroyed because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will hold that person up and will allow that person to withstand the fire of their hardships and now and inshallah I'll I'll wrap it up with this that fire that that person goes through actually ends up purifying that person actually ends up strengthening that person rather than destroying that person and that is absolutely amazing this is what allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, uh, talks about in the quran when he says amanu, that allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says that he sends afflictions and the reason one of the reasons he sends afflictions is in order to purify tamhis, purify those who believe and when you talk about this word tamhis, it's literally the same word that's used for the, 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 the burning or the heating of gold. And when you heat up gold, you remove the impurities from gold. Tamhis, it's a process that gold goes through to become pure, right? And Allah puts the hearts of believers, Allah puts believers through that same process of purification and tamhis, but it involves that fire. It involves the fire of affliction. But, and here again, here is the difference. Here is the difference. When a heart is salim, when a heart is healthy, when a heart has tawheed inside of it. When a heart has Allah supreme, not their money, not their power, not their image, not what other people think, not um, you know fashion or society standards, not their culture. A lot of people worship their culture. Their culture is at the core of their heart. You know, Allah and his messenger can say one thing, but culture says another, we hear and we obey our culture, right? Our forefathers, right? But our forefathers did it like this, just like Quraysh said, right? But our forefathers did it this way. And so when a heart is, is, has Allah at the center, has Allah at the core, rather than these other things, not another person. you know. Even if it's your own child, even if it's your own spouse, the, there's a healthy and an unhealthy way to love. And the only way to love in a healthy way is to have Allah at the core, and then we can love in a healthy way. And so if a heart has Allah at the core and has no competitor with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la at its core, then that heart, when it goes through afflictions instead of being destroyed it becomes strengthened it becomes purified
1: I know we have a limited time for, for Q&A at this point, but subhanAllah, you know, from birth to death, this society, we chase love, we chase loving, that experience, and we chase the things, the things in our nafs that, that you know, give us that tingle, that 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 give us that experience of love, subhanAllah. If we just kind of shifted our compass just a little bit, we would save ourselves so much pain and we'd reel on ourselves with the purest type of love and save ourselves so much harm, subhanAllah. And I think that's why you connect so much to our audience. JazakAllah khair for that, once again, that wake up call. Um and I do want to take a quick moment before we jump right into the QA. Facebookers, this is your opportunity, Faith Essentialers, you've been abusing that opportunity. So inshallah we'll jump right into that. But uh, you know, if you do want to uh seek the love of of others and you want to seek the love of of those that Allah loves. The best way is to please Allah uh, and take care of those who make the ayah to him. So I do want to give a quick shout out to our amazing charity sponsors for the Ramadan 360 series. We have of course Iqna Relief in the USA, IDRF in Canada and Orphans in Need in the UK. Please do uh, show them some love in the description box. We have all their links available and make sure that you're taking care of the rest. While we're just, we have problems of the heart, there are people who have problems of the limbs and of of just the basic necessities of life. So just a quick shout out to that and let's jump into to the A, and The first question that is submitted uh, by the Faith Essentials audience is speaking of terminology, Mahabba is also an Arabic word used for love and comes from the word maha that is related to erase. Does Islam emphasize this when speaking of love that you won't truly love something if you don't erase everything else? Can love be distributed?
0: Can love be? okay so um i didn't hear the last part of the question can love be what sorry distributed can it can it be spread out or okay it... can you love more than one thing okay, okay excellent okay so essentially as i mentioned it it is it, yes love can be distributed yes but worship cannot right um so there is a difference, and this is why i'm using these these terms because we have to start to understand the difference between love and worship all right we have to start to understand the difference between um, um unhealthy attachments and true love. They're not the same thing and they they're they're they look different and they cause absolute different result. So we can love many things, right? We can love and we should love our children and our spouse and our and our um, parents. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Tawbah, if you go and you look at this this ayah in Surah Tawbah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lists all the things that we love, right? um and he lists a, a list of things all halal to love right أباؤكم, أكم, your your parents your children your spouses your relatives your your siblings your your business in which you fear decline your dwelling in which you delight like a nice house but he says if any one of these things are if any of these halal things to love, right? Like we obviously love the Prophet loved all the Prophets loved, you know, the uh, human beings, their families, etc., their companions. But if any of these are more beloved to you than Allah and His Messenger and striving in His cause, that's when you get the problem. And Allah says that that if any of these things are more beloved to you than Allah and his messenger and striving in his cause, so wait until Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala brings about his decision. And you know, this is almost like a really frightening uh, threat, but it's not so much a threat as it is a warning, right? And the reason for that is this, when you put orange juice in the gas tank, when your, your fathers or your, you know, your parents or your children or your spouse or your money or your business, is more beloved to you than allah and His messenger and striving in his cause meaning it's at the core then what happens is you actually go through the worst type of of torture you will actually feel an incredible amount of pain and suffering and that is the nature of the heart allah is warning us allah is trying to protect us you know it's like it's like the manufacturer of the mercedes (laughs) you know writing in like bold letters do not put orange juice in the gas tank like they're trying to protect you right they're telling you that this is going to damage the car now let me ask you this when you put orange juice in the gas tank do you hurt the manufacturer of the car no when you put orange juice in the gas tank can you go and now blame the the manufacturer of the car because the car isn't running no whose fault is it it's your fault you destroyed that 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 creation you destroyed that car through the through putting something in it that it wasn't meant to to hold and the the core of the heart is not created to be able to hold anything but god because that's worship right when you when you love something as you should only love god it's it's not love anymore it's taking any left it's, a, it's worship. And this is one of the most important things we have to start to recognize, the difference between love and worship. You know. And, and I'll tell you one of the signs, one of the greatest signs uh, that there is something that you have at the core of your heart that shouldn't be there. And that is that you will have unending torment from that very thing. And I'll repeat that, <laughs> that thing Whatever that object is, whatever that person is, whatever that job is, whatever that, that thing is will actually be the source of your greatest suffering. The thing that you put at the core where only God should be will become the source of your greatest suffering and anxiety and you won't be able to sleep at night because you're thinking about that thing and you won't be able to find peace ever and you will constantly be tormented by that very object itself sometimes it's our own children i have seen this a lot i have seen this a lot sometimes it's our own children because we've put that child at the core at the center of our life and then we did to around him yeah you feel me right and then what happens is we become tormented by that and then we cause torment to others right this is by the way one of the reasons why we see so much conflict between the mother-in-law and the wife the reason that is happening is it, it goes back a long time at the core of it is that that mother when she gave birth to that son she did not have a healthy relationship with him she put him at the center she revolved her existence around him sometimes you know she even put aside her own relationship with her husband, it was all about the son, right? Everything about him, his needs, his his person. You know, like God forbid we teach him to actually, you know, do the dishes or make his own bed. I mean, we do everything for him. And we think that that's love, but it is not love. We are handicapping that individual and unfortunately we are also raising a narcissist. And this is one of the phenomenons that we're finding right now is that this this mothering uh that 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 looks like love but it is actually extremely toxic um it's toxic to the mother it's painful but it is also toxic to that boy to that to that son himself and then his future relationships and it continues right because now he's 30 and now he gets married and you're not about to let go of that because you spent your last 30 years literally devoting your entire life to him your whole life revolved around him you gave up everything for him you you didn't even take care of yourself right you didn't even take care of your marriage it was just about him and so that's why people have trouble letting go and finding a balance now when he grows up he gets married now there's a competition between the mother and the daughter and that should never happen but it only happens because the love itself was unhealthy because it was an unhealthy attachment you put your son at the center of your life when it should have been Allah. It should have never been your child.
1: Perfect, the next question is, guys, there's no way we're going to catch all of them, so I will put a, a pause on the question box for now, but the next one, Anastada, I know you can expect this one. When it comes to love within the topic of marriage, uh, is compatibility and chemistry are present between two individuals? Should one neglect the fact that one of them, let's say the brother, doesn't have a secure job or doesn't match the sister intellectually?
0: Okay, great question. I'm going to try to answer this quite, quite uh, quickly. Um, so when looking for a potential spouse, you need to look for character. You need to look for Dean. Uh, you need to look for those things definitely, but, but you also need to look for attraction. That's very important because a lot of people believe that all we need is Dean. Um, I don't need to be attracted to this person. Slight problem with that. Slight problem with that because if you're not attracted to what's halal for you, you will become attracted to something. And and if it's not what's halal for you, it may be what's haram for you. So you should be attracted to. Yes? Because I don't think that
1: attraction is the problem between the two. It says compatibility and chemistry are present, but it's. Oh, they
0: are present. I didn't hear that. Okay. 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 But the job isn't present. (laughs) Right? Stable job. Okay. So so having said that, because there are a lot of people where that is the issue. So so yes, that's important. Um attraction is there. Now in terms of the, the the job being being stable, this is completely not a black and white answer. Um this I think would go into the category of of Allah knows best, whether or not that person is best for you. I do not consider that that at that moment they don't have the the most stable job necessarily is a deal breaker but allah knows best right it depends on the situation my advice to you is to pray istikhara and to see how it goes perfect
1: the next is how do we back up the claim that we love allah does this claim necessitate actions
0: <laughs> yeah a lot of actions <laughs> um gosh um, my advice to you is do not make claims because you're absolutely right when you make a claim you are tested in that claim Uh, so if I make a claim and I say I um, have nothing in my heart but Allah oh God you know like like prepare (laughs) prepare yourself for a lot of very harsh tests do not make claims just just do your best do your best to purify yourself to 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 get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have Allah be you know central in your heart but please try to avoid these claims uh, to try try to avoid saying I'm like this and I'm like that because yes there definitely you will be tested perfect
1: the next question is from Facebook and it's from Germany ha Elp is asking uh, my question is how do I know or feel that a lot isn't in the core
0: center of my heart like how do you know you're getting distracted and that there's okay. a- so you'll know because um, whatever fills your heart fills your mind so that's one of the, the the first way to know that whatever you think about and obsess about all the time to the extent that it causes you um a lot of anxiety it it, it's like it's it's not actually giving you peace it becomes like a drug addiction you'll feel it because there's something unhealthy internally so this will become the first thing on your mind when you wake up the last thing um before you sleep what keeps you up at night the thing that you fear most the thing that causes you the most pain the thing that causes you the most anxiety the thing you think about all throughout your prayer like these are the things you're going to you're going to see as as signs of that and also one other thing is the inability to be balanced this is very essential you will not be able to be just and balanced you will not be able to have a balance in your life because you will always be leaning towards that which is in at the core. So for example, if you have one child in the core uh, you, and, and and not the other children, like you have a favorite and they're at the core, you won't ever be able to be fair between your children, right? And so wh- this is one of the the symptoms is that you will find that you will not be able to be just and you will not be able to be balanced. And of course, all the other things, you know, the constant thinking, the pain, the anxiety, um, and, and, and et cetera.
1: The next question is from Asia. She actually won your transformed course a couple of days ago in our Kahoot game. So she's thanking you for that amazing course. Uh, And she's asking if the heart is the master of the body, what's the role of the unconscious mind, which is set to control everything we do and the driver of limiting beliefs. Does the unconscious mind have any place in Islam? And is there a relationship between the heart and the unconscious mind?
0: Yes. Yes. So the unconscious mind is also Um, controlled by the heart. Now, when I say the heart, the heart is like, this is like the type of person that you are at your core, right? So for example, if you are, um, if you have sickness in the heart, it is going to affect your unconscious thoughts, your unconscious mind, and then the unconscious mind is going to affect, potentially become conscious thought, and then that affects action. The Prophet said this in the hadith, that if the heart, if this lump of flesh is set right, then the whole body is set right so that includes the unconscious mind which then affects the conscious mind which then affects action there's a there's a saying that says that um that everything starts with this you know this khawatir khawatir is like a, a fleeting thought which you could you could kind of consider like like an unconscious type of thought it's, it's it, or it can be just you know there um but just barely conscious, like it's just a fleeting thought. And then once you feed that, it becomes a conscious thought. And then once you feed that, it becomes um you know, a desire or a, 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 um, a want and then and then you feed that and it becomes an action, and then you feed that becomes a habit, et cetera. But it all starts from what type of heart you have. If you have a generous heart, then you're gonna be. You know, your thoughts are going to be thoughts of abundance, right? It's not going to be a scarcity mentality like, oh, no, I have to withhold for myself because you're going to, you're going to have a heart that is, that is generous. So these diseases uh, that we, we may have in our hearts, envy, that's another disease, arrogance, uh, another disease. And, and depending on if we have, like I said, um, false attachments, that's definitely going to affect your unconscious thoughts. Perfect.
1: Now, that I do recognize it's five o'clock. Do we have time for a couple more questions, or can we be respectful
0: of everyone? It's totally up to you. And um, to- I, I mean, I, I can take a couple more. It, it totally depends on yourself and, and Sheikh. Laleed. Laleed. Oh, he just joined in, Sheikh Hadi. I'm going to ask him actually. Let's see. alaikum. assalam. Sheikh.
1: Alhamdulillah. How are you guys doing? Alhamdulillah, doing well. Can we steal some of your session? Just a little bit. We have so many questions coming in and we just had to have a powerful session. Can we steal like five, ten minutes of it? Sure. Absolutely. I would love to hear that. Awesome. So uh, guys on Facebook, inshallah, we'll do our, our best to get through a couple more questions. This is a fatwa night, so you do have a lot more co- t- uh, opportunity to ask questions, but they have to be a little bit more fiqh-related uh, for Sheikh Holid. So inshallah, I'm going to jump into the next one. Sheikh Holid will have you in the background. We'll come to you in a few minutes. For allowing this. Um, so the next question is, can addictions like Netflix, video games, shopping brands, gadget mania, etc., mean that worshiping your desires for Muslims, that they think about them all the time? Or can they be controlled as minor attachments?
0: Can you balance that? Is it possible? Okay. Um, I mean, they can definitely, yes, they can be addictions, but even an addiction can be, can be cured. I don't want anyone to think that any of this is final. Even if you have a competitor with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in your heart, that can be cured. It's not like, okay, that's it for me. You know, I just love my money so much and I'm just gonna go down with this disease. But everything can be, can be cured. Uh, So, for every, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, for every disease there is a cure, and so there is a cure um, even for these unhealthy attachments, whether it's to to social media or it's technology um, or, or, or sometimes even pornography, these are all things that can be treated. Now, having said that, I want to just explain that one of the reasons why we get addicted to things is because we are trying to fill an emptiness inside. So when we do not have Allah at our core, when we do not fill our hearts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his love and his light and his attributes, the heart becomes empty. The heart becomes in extreme pain. And when, when, when the heart is empty and it's not filled with the right stuff um, or it's filled with the wrong stuff, That person is desperately looking for something to numb the pain because that causes, as we said, orange juice in the gas tank breaks the car, right? When you feel something else in your heart other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it breaks the heart and that causes excruciating suffering. This is actual real suffering. Real true suffering comes only when you put something else in the heart other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, what we sometimes do to sort of um, numb the pain to manage the pain is we look for sedatives Uh, and actually this is what i'm um, i just like this is this is sort of the Um, The foundation of the new book that I'm working on which I need your duas for is this exact concept of Why is it that we suffer? Why is it that we become empty? And how can we cure that? It is definitely curable, but we have to diagnose it correctly that we're going to these things We're becoming addicted to these different things whether that's alcohol, drugs, Netflix, uh, social media Sometimes we become addicted to other people right? It becomes like a drug addiction. And, and all of that is for the same reason. It's us trying to numb the pain of that internal emptiness because we have not, uh, we've not put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there.
1: Perfect. The next question, and Ashley said that we have a very large revert population in Faith Essentials and in our Ramadan 360 group. So it ties into a lot of that. Uh, Mart is asking, how does this apply for non-Muslims? I have a brother who's struggling a lot, and I feel like Islam could help him, but I don't know how to introduce him to it. So how do you explain that concept to non-Muslim?
0: Um, this concept, by the way, applies to everyone because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala created the human being with this nature. Allah did not only create the Muslim or the believer with this nature. Every human being is created with a qalb. Every human being is created with a heart. Every human being is created with the fitra of wanting to seek Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Alas bi Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala asks all of the souls right before we even were put in bodies before we even came to this life Allah asked every single one am i not your lord and every single soul so so this person's brother every non-muslim every muslim everyone the buddhist the atheist the the agnostic the jew everyone said bala shahidna every single person they took that witness they bear witness they bore witness that Allah is their lord so in every single human being muslim or non-muslim Deep, deep down, there is that recognition of the higher power of God as a fitra. It, it is the deep down nature placed in every human being, Muslim or non-Muslim. And so the, the, the job of that human being is to remove all the covering over that fitra, to remove all the covering over that, that pure part inside that seeks God. The problem is we have so many distractions and we have so many sedatives. Things that we take to try to, to numb the pain of not knowing God, essentially. That's what it is. Addiction is things that we take to numb the pain of not knowing God, right? Of, of not filling that emptiness with the right stuff. And so it, it's, it's absolutely a human, um, a, a human um, situation. It's, it's a human existence.
1: Perfect, um, and we'll wrap it up I think with this one, uh, the, actually well, the two questions if that's okay, one on heartbreak and one on unhealthy attachments. Uh, so one question that we've been getting a lot and with many different themes has been what if you have an unhealthy attachment to someone who is a crux, a reason for your love for Islam, you know, they might have been the one that your foundation of faith was built upon and you have an unhealthy attachment with them, how do you reconcile that especially maybe if they have those narcissistic characteristics or they 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 use that to their advantage, that's one and then i'll I'll give you the other one in a
0: sec. okay um that's a really really good example of sometimes how it happens uh and and by the way this is essential that we break that unhealthy attachment because even if you look at the Quraysh at the time of the prophet they used to say that we only worship these idols to get us closer to allah so even they were using these idols in order to get closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, we have to be very careful that we are not taking our teachers, our shayukh, our leaders, our whoever that is that maybe brought us um, to to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We are not taking them as idols that we are um, sort of venerating in order to bring us closer to Allah. We have to be careful of that. Uh, and 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 sometimes and I'm going to tell you this. This is often what happens. If we do take someone and put them at a place that they're not supposed to be, a religious figure or um, someone in our lives, um, uh, you know, whoever it is, if we do that, I will tell you what will end up happening. That individual will disappoint you, that individual will let you down. And now, this is actually part of the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it happens so that we can break that unhealthy attachment and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly and never have an intercessor, in a sense, obviously there's different levels of intercessors, never have something else that we attach ourselves to as we should only attach ourselves to Allah. Now my advice to you is before the pain of that crash, because it hurts, it's very painful if you are attached to something and it lets you down. It's very painful. In fact, it's one of the worst kinds of pain. And so my advice to you is to break that attachment uh, gently, and and realize that you need to 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 direct that um, veneration and that 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 level of attachment only to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because it can happen the easy way or the hard way, and and you don't want it to happen the hard way, and, and I'm assuming that that might be related to the second question of heartbreak.
1: You actually almost segued right into it the second part was what is kind of like the islamic way to recover from heartbreak ah uh, beautiful
0: um i have an entire uh, class that i gave um and um it was made into a transcription which inshallah um I'll, I'll have more widely available soon it's called shattered glass and this was about essentially healing right uh after heartbreak uh and and, and having and building emotional um first aid like having a first aid kit but I'll just give you sort of a really quick summary of that. Um, the easiest way to heal is, I'm going to give you guys an analogy. You know if a person has gotten like dumped or like has heartbreak from, from like a breakup, what's the quickest, most sort of painless way to get over that, that breakup or that heartbreak? is that people usually try to find someone else to replace that person right so they kind of say like you don't get over someone until you find someone better right okay let's use that concept here for a second the the easiest way to get over the false attachment to the creation is to find something better and that's the creator the easiest way to get over the false attachment to dunya is to find something better, which is akhirah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, that how is it that you prefer the life of this world when the hereafter is better and it's more more lasting? So when we compare um, the creation to the creator, we don't even, we can't even, there's no comparison. The example I give in my book, Reclaim Your Heart, and inshallah I'll wrap up with this, is like a child who sees a toy Ferrari, right? He's walking by a toy store and in the window, he sees a toy Ferrari. And now this child literally becomes obsessed with this toy Ferrari. That's all he can think about. It's all he can talk about. It's all he can pray about. I want that Ferrari, I want that Ferrari. Now, finally, when he gets that Ferrari, and you try to take that Ferrari out of that child's hand, it will be the end of the world because he has got such an attachment to that Ferrari, right? Have you ever tried to take a a toy out of the hand of a child who's really attached? It's like the end of the world, right? But what happens to that attachment to the toy when that child sees a real Ferrari, right? Not the toy, not the lesser version, but the real thing. Now, when that child is looking at the real Ferrari, he can let go of that toy easily. Do you understand? And that's what we have to do is that we, the, the easiest way to remove these false attachments uh, from our hearts of the creation is to focus on the creator because it's seeing what is greater, right? It's by focusing on the hereafter. How can we become obsessed with this life? How can we become attached to the toy car of dunya when there is a life that is better and more lasting that's the real ferrari and so when a person wants to remove sort of the false toy cars right um the lesser versions from their heart you know you can you can like rip it out right but that's like trying to rip out a that toy car from the kid from the kid's hand that's very hard and it's very painful and i think a lot of people try to do it that way and sometimes it happens against their sometimes against their will that thing is ripped out that person will let them down that person will hurt them that person will be disloyal to them that person will leave them that's the tearing of that toy car from the from the hand of the child it is extremely painful and it's it it causes a lot of suffering but if you could instead see something better and focus on that focus on the greatness of the creator it 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 totally diminishes any greatness or so-called greatness in the creation that you're attached to. Um, And similarly with dunya, if you focus on the greatness of the hereafter, it diminishes the so-called greatness of this life, which by definition is lesser. The word dunya means that which is lower. This is by definition, the lower life, and the hereafter is the higher life.